What's up, Zach Oates here, author, entrepreneur, and customer relationship guru. Welcome to Give an Ovation, growth strategies for restaurants and retailers, where we find industry leaders to share their secrets to grow your business. This podcast is sponsored by Ovation, the actionable guest feedback tool that works on or off premise and is easy, real time, and actually drives revenue. Learn more at OvationUp.com. Welcome to another edition of Give and Ovation. I am joined today by Bassam Noahead. Now, this guy grew up in family-operated convenience stores, and from there, he's gone on to become a multi-franchise owner, multi-franchise owner of AMPM stores. And now, through his company and Vig Consulting, he's reimagining the way that brands and convenience stores and restaurants all connect to do business. Today, we're going to take a little bit of a different spin and go one click away from restaurants uh, to something that I think is going to provide a lot of insight. And uh, Bassam, so grateful that you're uh, with us on Giving Ovation, my man. Appreciate you, man. I definitely appreciate the opportunity. We're going to have a fun conversation. And yeah, let's just kind of explore uh, this beautiful industry of food and beverage and how it lands into the hands of consumers. Yeah. So first, give me give me the quick insights on wh- what does Invig Consulting do? So we basically specialize in distribution, uh, brand placement, product placement, um, development. If you if you're trying to get into the food and beverage, um, you know, space in terms of convenience stores, you know, you're trying to be, you know, in the snack aisle, you know, the chip aisle, you know, a protein bar, um, you know, just basically the grab and go meal replacements, right? Um, I I grew up in that industry, so I I realized that the profit of this whole business model is really the products that are in these uh, convenience stores. So if you have like a product that people really, um, you know, have an identity to, and there's a benefit behind it, and people are, you know, have included that into their lifestyle, and you have something that's like very substantial. So what I realized is that, you know, I could with my experience and my expertise and my, and my connections, um, with Invig, we basically just decided to become that bridge, uh, to help brands and these products get into the market and get into the hands of consumers. Cause there's a lot of cool products out there. It's just, they, they got to know how to basically get into this world. Yeah. And it's tough to break in. And one of the interesting things is that we were talking right before we hit record, is about the shift that's happening in the industry right now. Because a restaurant, the definition of a restaurant has forever changed. What a restaurant used to be 30 years ago was very easy to explain to uh, you know an alien coming to our world. It's like, it's a place where you get together and you eat food and you sit down and you order and, and you eat, right? Like it, it just, it made sense. Now, what is a restaurant? We got dark kitchens. We got ghost kitchens. We got third-party delivery coming in. We got, and and now entering the space more and more. And I remember seeing this at NRA. I remember seeing the huge surge of C-stores at the NRA show in 2019. And now it's it's gotten even bigger. Grocery stores, convenience stores, uh, they're all fighting for the same piece of the stomach of the consumer that historically has been really, you know, designated for restaurant only. So talk to me about some of the shifts that you're seeing with grocery stores and C stores and, and how that's converging with restaurants. 
Yeah, the, the, the key word is convenience, right? That's that's ultimately what it comes down to, right? If you're a convenience store, a supermarket, a five-star Michelin, a quick service restaurant, or the taco stand down the street, at the end of the day, it just comes down to the pillars of, number, is the quality good? Is the product good? Do I want to come back again? Is the consistency there? Secondly, how quickly and convenient can I receive this product, right? That's a key thing, right? We live in a world where people really value convenience. That is a priority of theirs, right? So the convenience store being that in its own name, it has the word convenience. What I see as what's uh, the feature, if so to say, of what separates these businesses apart from one another is how quickly do they get the product into the recipient's hand in a consistent manner in and out they're not even on third-party delivery platforms they don't need to be right right as soon as they're open as soon as their doors are on they've got a line and that's consistent across every single one of their stores why because they've got quality consistency and flow their their employees know they're like a well-oiled machine they know exactly what they're doing right you got somebody who just opened up a restaurant and has probably the best food but doesn't have operations down guess what they can't serve in the magnitude as a chipotle that's got square footage got certain amount of employees has a system, has a flow. You go in there. I can serve a thousand customers because I have the flow. But if I go to my mom and pop store that's serving burritos, they can't serve a thousand burritos because they don't have yeah. the flow. So that's like the the most important thing is how quickly and 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 are you thinking about the logistics of if you're creating a C store and now you want to start converting that into basically a little supermarket, right? Okay. What are you doing? Is it going to be self-checkout? Are you going to have digital menus to basically order so that way you eliminate the the cashier to order something from your ghost kitchen? Do you incorporate a ghost kitchen into your convenience store, right? Like we're entering the world where if you're not innovating in terms of the layout and the functionality of what a C-store is, you're going to be gone because we're in that market. Right. We're literally in that. And I've seen it internationally as well. Convenience stores are truly little mini supermarkets. And what's yeah. going to identify and separate people from others is like your Bucky's. You got yourself a, a brisket sandwich that nobody else can do. Only them. Yeah. Well, guess what? It doesn't matter if you're in a convenience store or a gas station. I'm going there because they got a signature item. That's what's going to separate these people from one another. What is your signature product? Like you're in and out. I want a hamburger. You go to in and out. You want a chicken sandwich? Go somewhere else. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? There's a market <laughs> for everybody. But what I do is I perfected this specific thing, right? And that's just what it comes down to. And I think that's so spot on because one of the things I preach of all the time is what is true loyalty? Loyalty is what brings people back over and over, which which everybody can agree on. But what does it actually break down to? And I and I break it down to the three stool, the three legged stool of loyalty is you got to have, to your point, convenience. You got to have consistency, 
And you got to have connection. You got to connect with your guests. Otherwise, what, what happens when you mess something up? What happens when I go in to Bucky's for a that famous brisket sandwich and I get terrible service? The brisket ends up being dry. It's The sauce ends up being watery. The bun ends up being stale. What am I thinking of the next time I'm, I want a brisket sandwich? Let's try someplace new, right? But if you have that connection and you can say, look, I'm so sorry we messed that up. I don't just want to make it right. I want to go above and beyond to help you out. And that, that is what drives loyalty. Cause, cause yes, we live in a human powered industry. So the consistency is always going to have an issue. Even Chick-fil-A makes mistakes sometimes. And if Chick-fil-A does, well, you sure will too, right? But when you have that connection, you're able to at least have an opportunity to, to recover that and to fix it. But to your point, I love that idea of let's let's take what a normal let's take what we normally do, and how do we kick it up a notch? We don't have to reinvent the wheel, but let's do one thing really, really well, and let's make it memorable. Let's make it craveable, and shoot, if we can, let's make it Instagrammable. So that way, there's something there that is uh, builds in that virality. But to your point. If you're trying to do everything for everyone, you're doing nothing for no one, right? You got to do one thing for one person. I think that's that's a, a really powerful tool. I mean, look, the guy that made the car, right? What, Henry Ford? I don't know. There's probably other people, right? Then there's the guy that decided to make the blinkers. Yeah. Dude, the guy that made the blinkers probably made more money than the guy that made the whole car, right? <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. You just find one thing. And that's just how simple, like that's, that's honestly in life in general, we get on our own way because we complicate things when in reality, it's so simple. It's just like, if you realize how, like the simplicity of it, my goodness, you can maximize in a lot of ways, but you just have to just do it. Right. And that's just what I, what I realized in this industry is there's a lot of things you can do, right? In a convenience store world, you can be an owner, operator, you could be a franchisee, you can even go start your own franchise, right? You could do distribution, you could own a product, right? There's a lot of different ways that you go you can go about it. But in reality, what you're what you're really looking for in this type of in this type of you know industry is that how how exponential can you grow into something, right? Mm-hmm. How quickly can you go into something without so much overhead, right? Without so much like that you have to endure. And that's why if you ask me, where's the shift? Man, I've been visiting, um, I guess like little warehouses in um, industrial areas, but not really industrial areas. Like there's, there's one right here in North Hollywood, which was, you know, it's like around restaurants, you know, it's probably about like 15,000 square feet. But now what they're doing is they're now creating subdivisions and putting like 300 square foot of little kitchen, kitchen pods, and they're renting them out like ghost kitchens, right? Because why go into a lease for five years, have to do a crazy build out, spend probably close to $300,000, $200,000, $100,000, right? As opposed to I just go to a ghost kitchen, pay whatever it is that they're renting it out per month. And now I can be a virtual brand on a platform. And here we go. Dude, I, and you know why I love that, Bassam? Because I come from, I grew up in restaurants, but then I got into technology. And in, and in the tech world, there's something called an MVP, a minimal 
viable product? What is the least amount that you have to do to test out? Does this click? And historically, it's like, what's the least amount you had to do for a restaurant? Well, you had to put in quarter million dollars into a lease and a build out and marketing and design and buying all these ingredients. Like to your point, if if you do like I do a killer smash burger, one of the top five burgers I've ever had in my life are made by these two very hands, right? If I were to open a restaurant, I'd start it off by just doing these little smash burgers and like, let's try the smash burger, right? Let's see how that clicks. And if that doesn't work, then I doubt that the rest of the stuff that's like not as good is going to work, right? But but I think that's that's the beauty of it is with the advancements of what everything that's going on restaurants, C-stores, college kids, you can try, you could do an MVP of your restaurant today and you don't even need a food truck, right? You don't even need a restaurant. Look at, look, Yeah. here's the thing, right? There's brand, there's a lot of brands out there. One of them, I think was like Mr. Beast Burger, right? But that's what I'm saying. You don't even have to be anything significant, right? But if you're able to market it in the right way, you don't even need a restaurant. You literally, you yeah. don't even need a restaurant. Like because of the platforms, DoorDash, Uber Eats, Postmates, Instacart. I mean, I'll tell you something. One of my buddies who owns a, a water brand in the in in the sea store space, right? I would assume that a majority of his profits is coming from distribution. He's in the airports. He's he's all over the place, right? He told me, Bassem, thirty five percent of my sales come from Amazon. I was like, what? Amazon? That's, that's a lot. Like you're, you're talking about over a third of your percent, over, uh, over a hundred, uh, 30% is going from, from online sales. Like, and he's like, yeah, because people love the convenience of sitting at home and Hey, I'll just have it ordered to me. Right. I don't need to go drive, pick it up. I have it ordered to me. So that's why these ghost kitchens, these virtual brands, like for instance, in, in my convenience store, I partnered up with a company called cloud foodie. And what they did was they're like, okay, what's your workflow like? I said, okay, I have two employees. This is what we do. We take product from the freezer, thaw it, put it in the oven, take it out, wrap it, throw it in the hacko, and let it let it basically sell. They say, great, we're going to curate a menu for you that follows the exact system. We'll have frozen food for you. It follows the exact system. And we'll create a couple of different brands. And you just sell it online. You have an order. You don't it just comes and you're you're just using your facility as the pickup point i was like great at one point i was having more sales from one brand do more than the whole convenience store dude that's crazy and what did it cost me nothing what did i have to do did i have to do build out for a subway no i just literally bought product they did a couple things online and that that was it but uh over probably a thousand dollar investment and that's the thing, Bassam, is like the 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 beauty about what's going on today and the beauty about this convergence and this, this fogginess of what a restaurant is, is that it opens up opportunities. And there's opportunities to do things that we've never been able to do before in this industry. But I think at the at the heart of it all, and this is where I want to get to, I really want to ask you this question, which is at the heart of it all, what do you think is the most important aspect of guest experience nowadays? Because at the end of the day, you can create the greatest product, but if if it's a crappy experience to get it, you know you, you're not going to do it. And, and on the flip side, you could have the smoothest experience, 
yeah. to get it. But if it's a crappy experience to to eat it, not going to work, right? Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. In any business, I believe there needs to be a hybrid, right? It, you can't eliminate human the human element out of a business, right? There's there's certain things that you could, right? But in in terms of food is supposed to bring people together, right? Yeah. So where you're getting that meal, right? As a host, you're hosting somebody, you're bringing your communal, you know, it's like congregating people together. It's like, hey, you know, like coming to the heart, like type of thing. So it's like a business, you know, for me at least, we have in one of our locations, we have an employee of ours who's now basically she runs a show. They would come just for her, just mm -hmm. to get coffee and hang out. And that was it. And she was an employee that just cared, that just actually was enthusiastic about wanting to just share love and just positivity to the people that were walking into the business. So people, they, of course, you gravitate towards that. Like, here's the thing. When you're being authentic and you're real, you can't fake that. Your soul will feel it and you'll gravitate towards it, right? So when you're consistently like that, just because of who you naturally are, your people are going to come to you. And if you have product and all, then guess what? The more the merrier. So for me, it's always about your biggest asset is your human resources, which are your people. If you don't have the people around you with the same motive and the same value and the same just passion of just wanting to just do what they're doing, not just for the job, but to bring people in just a lovely manner. That's how you win. And that's how you flourish. It's your people. That's like numero uno. Amen. And that, and that is such a big part of what I was talking about with connection, right? It's, it's yes, it's convenient. Yes. It's consistent. But what makes me think about it often? It's the, it's the connection. And I think that to your point, I'm not, I'm not feeling connected to a burger. I feel connected to the person giving me that burger. Mm -hmm. I feel connected to the, I feel connected to the person who's texting me to invite me back in for that burger. That's right. Yeah. I, I'm happy with the burger, but you connect with humans, not right. with things. I think exactly. that that's a great idea. Now for a restaurant listening, who's wondering like, all right, fast. I love this. Want to do something. I, I'm, I'm, in, I'm feeling inspired right now. What's a tactic that I can that I can try to uh, to implement some of this. If you have a restaurant, if you have your own business, right? I would say the first thing is take care of the people that are already coming to you, right? I believe yes. in I believe in some sort of uh, look. Use the technology that's around you, right? We live nowadays in in a generation where you have resources around you where you don't have to go recreate the wheel. The wheel has been created. It's been enhanced. Mm -hmm. It's been exponentially enhanced. So you have the means and, 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 the, and the necessities to do without having to go extravagantly over your head. Like you go on Instagram, you can start selling things straight out of Instagram. You don't even need to build a website. Like look how convenient. Yeah. Look, all the traffic flow is already there. So you don't even have to generate traffic flow. It's there, right? So as a business owner, I always believe in creating some sort of, some sort of a, a, a network, an eco network, right? Get people online, right? Get people to basically be part of something that takes the experience 
and just continues on, right? It's like, now you've come to my brick and mortar store. Let me take you now and expand that experience online. Content creation is very important, right? So hiring somebody, right? Having, having the right team in place that understands how to create content, what's your, to, to identify who your market is. What kind of a, what kind of a restaurant are you? Where are you located? Where are these, what, what are these people into, right? Like understanding what type of clientele you're, you're, you're bringing in, but then also how do you expand on that? Because a true omni-channel, which a lot of businesses are trying to get into, is understanding how do you continue that conversation offline? And, and to me, that's like the biggest thing that I work on. I, I 100% agree. I think that is so critical to remember. And that especially the fact that your guest, your customer, whether or not they come in, whether or not they do drive-through, whether or not they order uh, through a third party, it's like, they're still your guest. You still got to care about them. And, exactly. but, but yeah, care. And I think that's a, that's a great, you know, great piece of advice, Basim. Love that. Now, who deserves an ovation? Who's someone that we should be following to get a uh, good, good tips and tricks from good ideas and, or people just doing someone doing something cool in the, in the industry? Uh, for me, honestly, I follow, I follow, you know, I kind of follow the people in the trenches, to be honest with you. And it's just looking at my community, right? I look at my competitors, um, which I really don't even call competitors. It's more of collaboration, you know, because it's like, what are you doing over there? Oh, that's actually cool. Like, you know, great idea. Then you Frankenstein it. Then you're like, okay, let me kind of build this on, on, on my own, uh, uh, flavor and, you know, my Uh little twists and turns. So for me, what I always recommend is, you know, whatever industry you're in, right? Look around you, right? Look around you. Go on LinkedIn, you know, type in the, uh, if you don't know the companies that that you're, that that you would say are competitors or collaborators in your space, go Google, right? Type in what you do. Hey, things will start popping up. Then from there, you can start branching and start seeing like, oh, you know, these are the types of people that I need to be following. Uh, you know, these are the types of people that uh, probably have ideas or can spark conversations or let me reach out to them and, and see if we can collaborate or something. So my my whole thing is, is that you're you're never far from anybody. You're only a phone call away, a message away, and, and that's just how quickly it can work. So my whole essence is, you know, whoever it is that you're trying to follow, whoever it is you're trying to be inspired by, it's in your it's in your network. You just gotta look and it don't be ashamed of, of trying to find the people that are, are even the managers, even the ones that are like the real employees of, of a company, because that those are the ones that know more about a business than the top executives and, and, and the directors. So I always yeah. say, Hey, God gave you two ears and one mouth, like always listen and, and stay alert to that. Beautiful, man. And how do people find and follow you? You can find me on LinkedIn, you know, my first and last name, um, you know, Bassam the Whitehead. And uh, yeah, you can follow, connect. I'm always looking to expand my network and uh, just do positive things in this world. Love it. Well, Bassam, for bringing convenience to restaurants on this podcast today, today's ovation goes to you. Thank you so much for joining us on Giving Ovation. Zach, I appreciate you, my man. God bless you. Glad you're with us today. And thank you. Thank you to the risk takers, the troublemakers, the crazies who are keeping this world clothed and fed. You're the ones who deserve an ovation. 
Again, this podcast was sponsored by Ovation. To see how we can help you grow your business, go to OvationUp.com. Don't forget to subscribe. And as always, remember to give someone in your life an ovation today.